When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. There's a difference between apologizing over an assessment and acknowledging that the assessment that you have now is different than the one that you had before because the circumstances have changed. I present to you exhibit number 77, Jeff Carter. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. Penguins 4, Coyotes 2. Last night at PPG Paints Arena, I was there covering it for DK Pittsburgh Sports. And I witnessed, with mine own eyes... A power play goal a minute 20 into this game. Place went bonkers. Ryan Mill, the PA announcer, even had a little bit of fun with it in enunciating every syllable of power play goal when he announced Jake Gensel's one-timer with assists to Sidney Crosby and Valtteri Pustinen. Jake would end up with two goals because he'd had an empty netter, but the star... Of the game. Singular was Carter. Two goals, one of them a shorthanded breakaway in which his pull away speed after Drew O'Connor had gotten him the puck. And O'Connor really fought for that. That's a hard earned assist. Beat two coyotes along the boards, skated up, saw Carter moving ahead, just shoved it forward to him. Carter goes in and does the rest backhanding a beauty behind Connor Ingram and really just kind of lift the whole place up. You could feel it with this crowd. The game had been kind of back and forth. There'd been some ups and downs. There'd been some mistakes made in the defensive zone. And here Arizona goes on a power play and man, there comes a dagger. That is a dagger. Shorthanded goals are killers. They're bloodthirsty killers in hockey. Carter, better yet, would get the winner 
in the third period on a power play, no less, by planting himself in front of Ingram, old Tim Kerr style. For those of you who go way back with hockey, just wasn't going to be budged from the front of that net. Chris Letang saw him, uh, blasted a shot probably about a foot off the ice, exactly where you want it for tipping purposes, and tip it Carter did. And wow, add to that seven face-off wins out of eight total, some decent defensive work, and, and there he was relegated to the fourth line. Now, if you know about Mike Sullivan and Carter, you're not going to be surprised that the head coach was glowing afterward on this subject. I, I think it's been, uh, I think it's been invaluable for, from our standpoint. You know, it's um, <laughs> he's just a really good pro. You know, he's. Um, I think he recognizes the circumstance and he wants to do anything he can to help the team win. And so he's willing to embrace any role we ask him to play. And, uh, you know, and, and I think, uh, I think that's a great um, example for all of us that we can learn from. And so, um, you know, I know his, I know his teammates have a lot of respect for him and his body of work in this league and what he does for our team. Certainly his coaching staff does as well. But, but I think um, just his willingness to, to embrace any role we ask of him is, uh, from, from my standpoint, has been uh, just, a, just a terrific example for all of us. And I just think it's, it's another way that he leads. You know, he's, he's part of the leadership group of this team. And, um, you know, obviously we're thrilled for him that he gets a couple goals tonight. But we ask him to play so many situations. He can play in the middle. He can play on the wing. We put him on a power play at the net front. He can kill penalties for us. Um, he helps us defend leads down the stretch. And uh, I think he's played really well since we've reinserted him in the lineup. And and so and when you when you get down to the you know the last six seven minutes of the game and you're trying to defend a lead, uh, you know we we as a coaching staff we have a lot of trust in him. You know he's uh, he he sees the play so well. He's so conscientious defensively. He can play the wing. He can play center. Um, he just uh, I, I think that that type of a skill set is invaluable in those situations. Carter, meanwhile, was just talking about the team afterward. He was talking about all of the work that the power play guys had put in. He was talking about where the team is right now, how it's uh, fought to battle through real adversity. And here, just listen to, to this exchange he and I had. What can you say in general about the way this team's kind of stuck with it? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, overall play, not just power play. Yeah, I think we got a lot of guys in here that have been around for a while. Um, that really helps, I think, just keeping everybody calm. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about our... You know, our power play and our play as of late and not winning games. You look at the standings, we're still right there. Yes, so, you look at the big picture, it's stick with it. You know, we dug ourselves a little bit of a hole, but it's not that big. Stick with it. We've got a lot of hockey left. See where it goes. Okay, so that's a whole lot of goodness, right? So, time for an apology, right? Well, here again, no. 
If you've been listening to me long enough, you'll know I'll be the first one to say, hey, I was wrong. I screwed up, this and that. But that's not the case here. Carter is performing markedly better now than even before that handful of healthy scratches that he had earlier this season. Kyle Dubas has acknowledged that on the record. Sullivan has acknowledged it multiple times and repeated it last night. Something happened to Carter in that period, I think, that got him to, you know, say, hey, I'm only doing this one more time. Maybe this is probably it. Can't imagine that he's going to get an NHL contract after this season, being a tick away from age 40. And he's had himself an outstanding overall NHL career, chiefly in his time with the Kings, of course. But even when he came over to Pittsburgh, and this was one of the Penguins' better forwards when he first arrived, it was one of Ron Hextall's few good trades. Lousy contract after the fact, but a really good trade. Second rounder for Carter coming over and being your main guy right through the playoffs. That's that's an exchange you'll take a 100 times out of a 100. But he is the one who changed. Now, if you're going to be one of those stubborn people who comes up with uh, an opinion or a stance and says, I am never, ever changing this thing, you know, kind of the way it, it works in politics these days, then you're never going to change your mind about him. I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to acknowledge the difference. That's not admitting anything. That's not rewriting history. That's just saying, hey, at the beginning of this season, he was one thing. Right now, he's another. And you know what? Good for him. Good for him in every possible way. I don't care how much you've accomplished in your life and your career. Nobody, nobody, nobody wants to end it badly. And Carter is, he's doing something about it. When we come back, J1Q. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Today's J1Q comes from Kyle, who says, So happy to get the win, DK. How many turnovers did Eric Carlson give up, though? Uh, That depends, Kyle, on how you count or how you classify turnovers on the official NHL statistics sheet. He was down for three giveaways, which is three too many. Uh, That's not a great number for those of you who don't see those sheets on a regular basis. Uh, If you have one, you circle it. If you've got two, you've had a bad game. If you got three, wow, not good. Because the giveaways aren't just somebody stripped the puck away from you. The giveaways are uh, what in tennis they refer to as unforced errors, meaning you just did something bad with the puck. Now, that said, 
the number of giveaways tends to be offset in general by the number of takeaways. And Carlson also had three takeaways, which is a very good number. He is exactly what he is. In my estimation, he's been much better defensively than I thought he'd be. I remember at times, especially in his Ottawa days, where he was just a headless chicken back there. He was running around. You had no idea. I didn't even look interested at times because he could do so many spectacular things once he had the puck that nobody, you know, with the senators or who was pulling for the senators really minded. And I, I have not seen that Carlson yet in Pittsburgh. Maybe we will, but I haven't seen it yet. I certainly haven't heard it. His off-the-ice demeanor is as commanding and professional as anyone in there, even Lars Eller, and that's that's a high bar to be hitting. The problem that you run into with great players, and Carlson is unquestionably a great player, is that they think Every pass is there to be made. It's all just a matter of if I execute it properly because I believe in myself, because I've made passes that went through four sets of legs, this one will do the same thing. I mean, this is the same conversation we've had about Yevgeny Malkin here for 17 years. It's it's not really that different other than that Carlson's a defenseman. And when he makes a giveaway, when he makes a mistake... It's probably got a really good chance of resulting in a high-grade scoring opportunity against. I am not here to play uh, Carlson's advocate. I'm not here to you know try to sugarcoat things in one direction or the other. I've liked Carlson's game since he's been here. I do notice, though in terms of what I see here and read from the general public, that there's an increasing pushback against him as if the power play struggles in general needed to be embodied by a single individual since it's becoming clear that Todd Reardon's not getting fired and it's hard to get traction on firing an assistant coach. Let's start looking at the players. Carlson's been as much a piece of the solution to date as anyone. He's worked his rear end off. He's spent all kinds of extra time in film study. He's talking to his teammates. He's barking at them in practice to make sure that they're doing the right thing, that they're going where they're supposed to go. And what do you know? All that work paid off with not one, but two power play goals, both of which came by way of this new look and this new system that Mike Sullivan and Todd Reardon have put in in consultation and communication with the players themselves. That's encouraging. Other things are not encouraging. You might have noticed that a lot later in the game, in the third period when the Penguins had a power play, there was a weird sequence near center ice where Carlson had the puck, and then he turned, and then uh, Gino was coming with speed, and I think Gino thought he was going to take the puck. Carlson didn't let him have it, so Gino skates to the far side of the rink and just fires the puck back at Carlson. 
Okay. Now it was fired in the form of a pass. So it's easy to hide any potential resentment or whatever that w- might have occurred there. I couldn't find either of them after the game to ask, but that was something that was, mm, without making too much of it worth monitoring. But here again, I like that. I want somebody in this mix who can stand up to Gino, even Sidney Crosby when needed. That was something that was lost when this team lost some of their more authoritative figures like I've been talking a lot about lately, Patrick Hornfist or uh, Chris Kunitz. Before that, Pascal Dupuis, guys who didn't have any fear of the superstars. You want that. You want that in your lineup. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. 